Alright, Romans. Uh, if you would turn your Bible to Romans chapter number 4. Romans 4. Romans 4. Let me pray and let me get kind of centered and focused here. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that your word has stood the test of time. And it's not just a history book. It is history, it's historical, it's accurate, it's factual, but it's not just history. Thank you that it's life and it has power in it. It, has, it still has the power to save. It still has the power to transform lives. It still has the power to, um, uh, to heal and to bring, um, bring people to you when they, when they are totally lost. Thank you that there is power in the word of God. Thank you that we don't serve a God who is dead. There's not a tomb that we can go to and worship at the tomb where our God lays buried. Thank you that you are living, that you rose again, and that we serve a living, awesome God. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been, um, we've been talking about how to receive, and I think this is something that um, I know... If, if, no, if nobody else needs this, I, I need it, okay? So I'm preaching to myself, and if you all get something out of it, I'm, I'm really happy for you. But um, I, I see, even in my own life, you know, that whether it's through Scripture, and Scripture is true, it, it's, it's, it's available to us, whether it's through Scripture, or whether it's a, a personal word or conviction that the Lord's given, He's given us so much that I feel like I even I personally don't walk in all the things that he's given to us. And I want to learn how to receive those things from the Lord because I, I think a lot of times you know the Lord gives but we it's like it's like give, being given a present, right? You you have a somebody gives you a, a present. It's all wrapped up, it's got a pretty bow on it and you say, "Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that." And then you set it on the table and you walk away. And it just stays there. It may look nice. It might add decoration to your table. But if you don't actually unwrap that and receive it, you don't make use out of it. You know, it, I, I heard a story a while back. A guy goes into a, um, a chainsaw dealer, right? He says, I got these trees to cut down. Uh, I need, and I, they're big trees. I need something really good. So he, he sells them the... the um, the, the best chainsaw that, that they make. And he comes back the next day and he said, this thing doesn't work. I was out there and I, uh, I, I, I worked for six or seven hours and I couldn't even make a dent in this tree. And the guy at the shop looked at it and pulled the cord and went, Vroom! He said, well, what's that? If you don't know 
how to turn the power on, right? You can take a chainsaw and beat it against a tree all you want, but until you actually start the thing, it's not going to do a lot of good. And that's kind of what receiving is, right? God gives these gifts, and until we actually receive them, pull the, pull the rope on the chainsaw, right? They're just sitting. They're not doing a lot of good. There was a, a man in the Old Testament that is considered the, the father of faith. The father of faith. That's Abraham. Maybe you sang about him when you were in, in grade school, right? Father Abraham had many sons. And, uh, you know, it, it's amazing, though. So Abraham, when he was uh, about 75 years old, God appeared to him and said, I want you to go and take your family, uh, leave from your homeland, but, but go, and, and I want, I'm going to give you all this land. And so Abraham obeys, and, and he goes, and he says, I'm going to make you a, a father of, of many nations. Your descendants are going to be like the stars. And at the time, he, he's seven, okay, 75. Uh, it, how many in here are 75 years old or more? Okay, so nobody, nobody's at Abraham's mark yet. All right, 75 years old, no kids, and God says, you're going to have lots of kids. His wife, Sarah, Sarai, at the time, Sarah, um, is 10 years younger than he is, so 65 years old. They, they go out, no kids. Right? They're, they're wandering around. They, um, when, uh, when Abraham is 85 years old, 80, okay, how many in here you would, you would, you would, it'd be okay with you to be pregnant again at your age? Okay, guys, ladies, anybody in here said, boy, you'd be, you'd be okay to have a, have a kid right now? Okay. Sarah is 75 years old. Okay. And God, and Abraham's 85. God comes to Abraham and says, you're going to have a kid. You're going to have many descendants. The nations are going to be blessed in you. And you know what? It says that Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Well, he believed God, and then and within about a year, he, uh, he says, you know what? Nothing's happened with Sarah yet. She's a little bit past her prime in baby-making days. So let's have, a, let's, have a, let's have a child this way. And, and Sarah gives her handmaiden to Abraham says, have a kid through her. And he does. And so they have Ishmael. And God comes a little bit later and says, no, it's not going to be through Ishmael. You're going to have a kid. Now, now catch this. Um, that was uh, when Abraham was 86. Uh, Sarah was about 76. Um, they're told so they're told again, okay, now, mind you, this is like 15 years. So Abraham's been following God since he was 75. Fifth, so and then 10 years later, he's, he's 85, and God says, you're going to have a kid. You're going to have uh, the promised land. You're, you're going to have descendants like the stars of the heavens. So 
almost 15 years later. He's 99 years old. Sarah is 10 years younger. So she's uh, 89 years old. And God says, guess what? About this time next year, you're going to have a kid. And, what, and Sarah does that. She does that exact same thing. She, she laughs. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to have a kid when I'm 90 years old? And God catches her and says, yeah, you're going to, yes. And I'm going to have the last laugh because um, they have Isaac, which means laughter. Right? So, and Abraham, I'm, at 100 years old, I'm going ha- to have a kid? You, and you know the story. The next year, 100 years old, Abraham, about 90 years old, Sarah, and here they have Isaac. So God spoke to them really at an impossible time. They hadn't had kids this whole, the whole time they, they were married together. 85 and 75. So this is this is not in the realm of possibility. Okay? And then has them wait for another 15 years after God speaks. So each year, consider it really wasn't in the realm of possibility at at 85 and 75. 15 years later, is it still in the realm? It's, it's way out of the realm of possibility. Right? They haven't, he has to wait before God actually fulfills the promise. Now, Paul picks this up in Romans. Now, look at, look at verse, thir- verse 13. And there's, there's, there's some other stuff in, in front of that. If you wanted to read it later, you can. But it says, For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there also is no violation. For this reason, it's by faith, in, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are, un, are of the law, in other words, the, the Jews, right? Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. In the presence of him whom he believed, even God. So God is the one who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope, he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which he had spoken. So your so you excuse me, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore it was also credited to him as righteousness. Now not for his sake only is it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also... To whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over because of our transgression and was raised because of our justification. So how is it that we can act like Abraham 
and receive the promise of God. What can we do? What, what did Abraham do? How can, we, how can we act in accordance with what Abraham did so that we also can walk in the promise and the fulfillment of God? Number one, uh, we need to... We need to understand, we need to remember that God's word is sure. God's, God's word is absolutely sure. Verse, verse 16 says, For this reason, it's by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Um, look at verse 17. Uh, in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. So the, the idea is um, God is able. So how, how did God form the world? He spoke it. Thank you. Right? He spoke it into existence. God used words in order to speak things into existence. Does God still speak today? I got a good amen on that one. Thank you, guys. I, I like I love it when you guys respond. He, yes, he still speaks today. Do, do, does do his words have the same power? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. yes. So when God speaks, it happens, right? Amen. If God says you are going to be X, Y, and Z. It happens. Why do we doubt? Think. Oh, I want us to, to get get this in our hearts. It says that he calls into things uh, which are not into being. Right. He also is, is able to to bring life from the dead. So it doesn't matter. What, you know, if God needs to restore something or make something, create something that was not before, you know, put it into being, God is able to work within the system or go totally out of the system that we have, right? So that's that's Abraham. His understanding is that it it doesn't matter, okay? Abraham and Sarah. It, it says that it says Abraham and Sarah they were they were dead basically and able unable to have kids now uh, having said this if you remember the story Abraham after Sarah died uh, married Keturah right and had kids through her so there's a couple different thoughts on this is that um, when it's saying that Abraham was was dead and this is getting in my next point too but um, when, when he was dead and not able to have kids it was specifically talking about Sarah or that God completely when God healed and said, okay, you're going to have a kid, and then made it possible that he, he made it possible for Abraham to have kids and continue to have kids. Honestly, you don't know exactly which one it is, but nonetheless, God did something that was not possible in the natural. God spoke 15 years prior. And it happened. God spoke and it happened. Now, um, God still speaks. Thank you guys for responding that way. God is still speaking. And look, I, I am in the same boat. I, I, I am 
God has spoken to me, and I, we've had words, and I, I tell you, um, you know, I've, I've shared before, God gave us a word to have a, uh, a home, and he did that over 20 years ago. And let me, ask Ruth and I if we ever doubted that. Let me tell you, it was hard. There, there were times that we both sat there and said, Lord, are you, truly, are you ever going to do this? Maybe we misunderstood. And we, this, we had it all typed out, the word that we got. Okay. We kept, we kept going back to that. And then we'd say, seriously, Lord, did, <laughs> did you really mean this? Right? Anybody ever been there? 20 years. At some point, you begin to go, did, did I miss it? No, but when God speaks, he begins to create the situation. He speaks and it happens. God speaks and it, can, it takes place. Now, I, 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 I love how uh, Paul describes Abraham, who did not waver in faith. I left out a little bit of the story. You know, Ab Abraham, like I said, so uh, God begins to speak. He says, you're going to have a kid. So he said, oh, you're going to have a kid. Great. Let, let's take this handmaid here and we'll have a kid through her. Well, it worked, but it didn't work out so well in the end. You have an Ishmael and all of a sudden you've got this whole divide that's lasted <laughs> for the last 3,500 years. Right? But, but God, God's like, no, no, this is, this is not this is not how it works. That, that was in those days. That was not. That, that's totally taboo for us. Okay. We think, you know, if, if Ruth and I weren't able to have kids, um, it would be really, really taboo and weird if she said, "You know what? I got this little slave girl here. Why don't you have a kid with her, and I'll, I'll call her my own?" And you'd go, "What?" Back then, that was that was not taboo. That's one reason. That was one way to keep a family going. All right. Now. Also, remember, Abraham, he goes to Egypt. There's a famine. He goes to Egypt, and he says, you know what? Sarah, she's really beautiful, and uh, he, they, I might get killed because they want my wife. So he says, say you're my sister. And so Pharaoh sends for, sends for Sarah, and then all of a sudden, it's, uh, you know, all, they get cursed. And he goes, what's happened? faith of Abraham that doesn't waver. <laughs> right? Sends her back, sends Abraham out with, with lots of, of money. You know what? This happens again. He goes to Gerar and, and, and uh, Abimelech, Abimelech. Same thing. Exact same thing. It's faith of Abraham that doesn't waver. Right? Same thing. Exact same thing happens. Which I, I love God lets us even in the midst after he says, this is what's going to happen, he lets us just work it out. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't look, when he, when he looks back, he doesn't look back at a lot of our failings. Um, so we, need, we have to know that his word is sure. Um, but let's also look, it's, uh, we have to persevere in the faith. 
I, I read 17. It says, in the presence of him who b believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which he had, uh, which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Did not So when, when, when you get a word, whether that's out of the Bible or, some, or somebody gives you the word, what our job is to, to persevere in the faith. To, to continue to believe that word, to continue to stand on it. As I, as I said, the first point is when God speaks, it's, it, it happens. It's done. God speaks it into existence. But we have to persevere in that, in that faith, continue to receive that word. Now, how, how, do, you, how do you do that? And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's not, number one, it's not easy. And number two, a lot of times, a lot of times you fail. It's hard. But I think we're going to get to why that is in, in just a, in a few minutes. But I'll say, you know, keep that in front of you. How, how many times do you think Abraham and, and, and Sarah thought, you know what, but God said. God said. God said. With, with Ruth and I, I, I told you a few minutes ago, we, we had that word written out. We got it typed out. We came back to it over and over and over. Did we doubt? Yeah. There were times we scratched our heads and said, God, did you really say? There are other words that, um, uh, that, that I've, I've held, we've held on to for years and years and years. We've gone back and said, did you say? Yes. Did you say? Yes. And some of them are just coming about too. And I, do you have to stand on them? Yes. What I'll, what I'll say is, is hold on to those things. You know, if you, if you if you are able to write them down, uh, have it in a notebook, go back to it, look at it, persevere, continue to believe. So I, I've been encouraging a friend of mine um, just recently. You know, uh, the Lord, the Lord takes you places, not just so that you can get there, but so that you can help others get there. And uh, a friend of mine I mentioned before, he's he's really, really, really going through it. I, I'm continuing to. I, I've, I've taken it on myself said, look, I've, I've been there. I'm going to be your tour guide through the desert, okay? So um, as I keep telling him, what has God said? You need to stand on what he said. You need to believe that. Hold on to that. Know that it's true. Know that it is, it's absolutely for sure. If God said it, you need to hold on to that. Don't doubt it. Keep going. Now, I'm talking about persevering. In the faith, but you know what? I do want to say this one thing: we we can short circuit God's plan. I don't think this happens a whole lot, but it does happen. And this is how how, how does it how does it happen? Because a, a lot of times, both in the word and words that are given to people, they have a big if in front of them. If you remain in my word, this is what will happen. If you persevere in the faith, this is what will happen. If you continue in it, this is what will happen. If you forgive, I will forgive. If you do, I will hear your prayer. Right? There's a big if. Sometimes it's 
spoken, sometimes it's understood. And I believe most of the ifs, um, it, it really takes turning away from God to be able to totally short-circuit God's plan. Okay? Um, we, we get worried a lot of times. Have I, what, what have I done to get myself into this situation? How am I, you know, uh, did I really make God mad? <laughs> and I, I, I've been talking to my buddy about this, and, and I've been there. And it, it's like, did, what have I done to make God so mad that he put me through this? And that's his, he's, he, he's asked me several, several, several times, you know, have I sinned? Am I, am I, am I really in a, ter- in a terrible spot? He's like, no, 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 no. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you've always done it right. But that's not the God that we have. You really, in order to short-circuit God's plan, you basically have to look at him in the face. I, this is what I personally believe. Look at him in the face and say, I don't want that. I don't want what you have for me, and I'm not doing this anymore. See ya. Leave. Can that happen? Yeah. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen where people will, um, uh, people are called for this, and I've seen people called into the ministry. This happens a lot with people called into the ministry. And I'm not saying they're walking away from the faith, but God will call, and then he'll put them through a test. Say, you really want, you really want to be called into the ministry? Walk through this. And I've seen so many of them get to that test and say, that's a lot harder than what I thought, and I'm going to do something else. Does that mean that they, they still love the Lord? They can still be blessed? They can still, the Lord can, I'm sure the Lord knew that that was going to happen in the first place, and so he'll open another door. But God will give you an opportunity to believe and to persevere in your faith. And if you want to, if you want to quit, you can quit. But if you persevere, persevere in the faith, what God has said will happen. It might take time. What He said will happen will happen. Now, now look at, look at this in uh, verse nineteen. I, I read it already, but it said. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, in the deadness of Sarah's womb. We have to face facts with faith. We have to face facts with faith. There, there are, um, there are branches of Christianity out there that basically say you should not look at the facts at all. Okay. Just don't look at the facts. Deny the facts. Deny the, you know, if somebody goes to the doctor and they get a bad report, they say, well, just deny the bad report. It's, it's not true. Just keep on going. Okay? Faith is not deny the facts, but we need to realize that there is someone who the facts don't uh, have any bearing upon. Does that make sense? Faith is to not deny the facts that are there, Abraham looked and he said, we've been trying to have kids for the last 60 years. No kids. Sarah can't have kids. Number one, she couldn't have kids to begin with when she was in the prime, and she surely can't have kids when she's this old. I'm at the point, I don't know, I'm, I'm not so good either. Right? I, we, he looked and said, I, we, the fact is, we can't have kids. 
But God said, here's the facts. But God said, and I'll, I'm going to tell you, when God says, there will often, there will, I, and I'm going to say, more than likely, you're going to find facts that are opposite of that. God will say, I'm going to heal you. And the doctor will say, you've got da ba da ba da ba da ba do you, do you have those things? Yeah. But God said, right? We know the facts, but God said, I'm going to heal you. You say, when God speaks, it happens. That, do you deny the facts? No. But you realize there is someone who these facts, that whatever it is, those facts do not, they do not hinder God. Oftentimes, a lot of those things are a test that God puts in there to say, are you going to persevere? Are you going to persevere? Are you going to look at the facts and say, the facts are defining me, or does the word of God define me? Do the facts define my circumstances, or does the word of God define my circumstances? Do the facts define the, determine the outcome, or does the word of God determine my out, the outcome? What determines the outcome? It's... God's word is what determines the outcome. God has the ultimate word over whatever facts there are. Now, as I said, that's not to deny the facts. It's actually in order to give God more glory after he overcomes the facts. Right? And that's what this says here with Abraham. He contemplated, but believed God, and God did for his glory. So when you, when you get a word, when you have something, the Lord's told you something, look, let, let, let's, just, let's just be very, very real. Here in the United States especially, um, we, are, we are very analytical people. Okay, and that's not, that's not a bad thing. Okay, God has given, uh, especially in the West and in, in the U.S., science, wisdom and, and knowledge and science and, and a lot of other things and that's great and it's awesome and God has worked wonders in the in the science field whether that's in medicine or or diff or whatever it might be God has done awesome 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 things through people giving them wisdom and knowledge but we tend to we tend to think that all those realizations we put God in the box and say you know God God these are the realities, and we don't realize that God is able to rework those realities. God stands outside the box of science. Look, look, at, look at Jesus. I mean, Jesus defied gravity on multiple occasions, on more than one, right? We're like, that's, that's the basic... That's the basic, you know, one of the basic laws. When something, you know, gravity happens, right? Jesus stood outside of gravity. He walked on the water. He, he, he ascended. Right? He went up to a coffin and said, get up. That defies, uh, that, 
right? He goes up to a tomb where the guy's been in there for over three days. Okay, this is this defies scientific ability. All right, God works outside of science, and we we've got to we 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 have to get in our spirit. This is why you know in a lot of these third world world countries, they have to if they don't have God come through. They don't have anything. They have they have a reliance on God because it's, you know, they, they don't have the medicine. It's either you're going to die or you're going to be sick or whatever, or or you have God. That's it. There's no there's no hope. In fact, I, I had a pastor years ago. He said he said you know, the reason why we don't see um, see the miracles in in the uh, West and the in the U.S. that they do over like in Africa and places. He said, because of insurance. We rely on insurance. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's okay. You know what? I'm I'll just go. <laughs> Again, we need to realize there is a God, and he speaks, and he has the same power as he did at the very beginning. Okay? We have facts. Facts are okay. Facts are our friends. God saved outside of those and is able to change whatever facts there are. It doesn't matter what they are. God can make it so those facts change. We face the facts with faith. And then this is what I really want us to see a lot. Uh, first, look at verse 22. Um, I've said we have to have faith for the future, but that, that may not be exactly them. I said, verse 22 says, Therefore it was, it was credited to him as righteousness. Now not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited, as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. You know, God did not just give a kid to somebody when he gave Isaac to Abraham. Think about it. The promise was, I'm going to give you a kid. You can have descendants. I'm going to give you this land. Right? That's the promise. The fulfillment was much, much larger. Okay, God can say, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a child, right? And they could have gotten pregnant the next the next week, whatever, and had a kid. They didn't just have a child. He was given righteousness. Because he believed. Think about this. It wasn't just, ah, you're going to have a kid. Oh, good, thanks. Oh, we have a kid now. No. He was given righteousness. He was granted heaven. He didn't just get a kid. He was given heaven. He didn't just get a kid. He was 
given so much more. He became the father of both um, both sides of the believer, believers. Okay, it, it said um, he was, he believed God. This was before he was circumcised. He believed God; it was credited to him as righteousness. Then he was circumcised. So, meaning, meaning, look, it was it's those who are not Jewish who believe, and those who are Jewish who believe. Go back and look to Abraham because he had the faith, and it wasn't just a kid; it was so much more. So, when God gives you a promise. It's not just the promise. It's so much more. This is why I believe, I, I can't prove this in scripture, okay? So this is just like, as I, as I looked at this, you know, Abraham had to wait for at least 15 years. God, God started talking to him even before that, but he had, he had to wait. Faith grows with adversity. Amen. Okay? Faith grows as you have to wait, as you, have to, as you struggle with it. Faith grows. I don't think Abraham had the faith that he had because until he had to wait for 15 years. Because watch this. All right? He gets the kid. And 15 years later, God gives him the command that is probably the hardest command of anybody that anybody was ever given in all of Scripture. Take the promised son that you had to wait for and 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 go kill him. Take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him. What does Abraham do? You don't see any wavering. You don't see him say, but God, didn't you know how long I had to wait for this kid? He says, all right. Takes him on a three-day walk. So God says, that's the mountain. Go up there. I, I can't prove it. I personally think Abraham was able to respond to God in that way because of the wait. Because he had to, because it was an impossible situation that God made it even more impossible and had him wait and stand in, in faith for 15 years and, and, and go through all of the situations and, and have to try to believe for those 15 years so that when God gave the command the hardest command, I believe it's probably the hardest command he's given to anybody in all of scripture. Abraham didn't waver. He said, okay. It says that he, he believed that God was even able to raise the dead if he followed the command. So God gives us man and oftentimes we have to wait or he gives us a promise oftentimes we have to wait he's building our faith for a purpose because the fulfillment of the promise the fulfillment is much greater than what the actual promise is 
it's more than even just the promise. It's about growing our faith so that he can have us stand there later and say, go do this. And we'll have the faith to obey. So if you're in the midst of the waiting, if you're in the midst of the, is this actually ever going to be fulfilled? There's hope. Continue to persevere. God's doing something greater in you. And what that is, I believe, is you, you are on a, a faith-growing mission. And let me tell you, I, have to remind, I keep trying to remind myself of this, okay? I'm, I'm in the boat with you. I'm, I'm not sitting here one who has perfect faith. I'm, I'm right there with you. And I have to remind myself, look, God has been teaching people how to have faith for 3,500 years or more. Okay? He's pretty good at his business. <laughs> All right? He didn't just come to Ryan and go, huh, let me try this. <laughs> right? Same with you. He's able to grow you, and he's able to bring you to the place where he wants you to be. Our job is to say yes and to persevere in that faith until we get to the promise no matter what that looks like. And know that God is able to perform it, but he's also doing much, much more in us than just giving us that thing, that gift, that promise. So faith grows through the struggles, through the adversity, through the times of trial it grows and God God wants to grow that in you if you just don't quit don't quit so we receive alright that's how we receive by continuing to go through the yes process well, let me um, let me pray for you and I don't know about you but it's, it's hard going through the process. It's hard to wait. It's hard to continue to believe. It's hard to believe that um, God has something greater. A lot of times you wonder if um, God just wants to uh, persecute you in some way or fashion. I've been there. I've asked him, what if, like I asked my friend, it's, it's sometimes uh, you wonder why I, how God has the friends that he has, the, the way he treats the ones that he does have, right? I have to keep reminding myself God loves us he's a good dad he's a good father he's done this before he wants to grow us he doesn't want to kill us right he wants to grow us and bring us further so no matter where you are on that process in that process I want to pray for you this morning okay that uh, the, the Lord will speak to you and that we'll, we'll all make it through to the point that we receive the promise so, Lord, I, I, I lift up every person here this morning, including myself. Lord, I, there's so many words that you've given to me that I've been waiting on and waiting on and waiting on and wondering, are you ever, are you ever really going to do this? Lord, I pray that for those who 
need a word that you'll give it to them. That they'll find that scripture, that you'll send a person, that you will, um, if necessary, send an angel. Get, Lord, drop that word into someone's heart that they need to hear. Lord, so many of us, we've been given words over the years. You've, you've spoken to us. There's, there are plenty of words in scripture. Lord, we've, we've been waiting. We've been struggling. Struggling to believe, struggling to work out our faith. Struggling, Lord, there's so many who have been struggling to believe. A, is it true? Did we actually hear right? Did you actually say it, Lord? What? Lord, I pray that you will give grace. Give us grace, Lord. Give, give us grace to believe. Give us grace to understand what you're doing. For all those who are struggling just with the fulfillment of those promises, Lord, I pray for an extra grace to be able to have the faith to receive. And an extra grace to not quit. Because if we don't quit, we win. Lord, an extra grace. And Lord, I know that in the midst of the in the midst of the trial, it's sometimes really, really difficult to see how we're growing or what what type of growth that you that you're working in us. So Lord, I pray right now that you will show everyone what you're doing in their lives. If, they're, if you're growing their faith or if you are growing their perseverance or you're growing their patience or you're growing their love or, their, uh, or mercy towards people, Lord, show them the growth process that you are working in their lives in the midst of the struggle. So we'll know it's not in vain. Lord, I pray that every promise that every person in here has received, Lord, I pray that it will be done. We won't see any of them fail, that we won't see any of them not completed, that we'll all make it to the finish line, every single person in here, no matter how big or how small the promise. In Jesus' name.